0: Got the sweater vest rocking.
1: I love it. You and Logan. He he followed suit today. Did he follow you? It was or like you follow him. Forty-seven degrees this morning or something. Fifty-two. It was okay. amazing. I was ran forty-seven on my loved street. Loved it. Well, yeah, I, I did run by your street. I was like, whoa, a little cold on this yeah, street. A little cold patch. Let's get out of here. It was probably from your biking in the garage, and I Just caught the kicked extra up the wind. Fan. Yeah, There's a lot of it's watts. Gorgeous going Gorgeous out though, isn't it? It's perfect. We need Almost some new swag. Way. We need some new swag. You know what it needs to say? I didn't realize it was a catchphrase. You know what it is? What's shaking, Daniel? Well, some years later, I found out that that man did come up with an idea for a T-shirt. He made a lot of money off of it. No, until I saw comments recently. blowing up. I was all about the social over there, DIY Money Podcast on IG.
0: Yeah, it's awkward. I just walk around town. People are like, what's shaking, Daniel? What's shaking, Daniel? Go away. Like, what?
1: <laughs> do they really do that? No, that'd be really cool. That'd be awesome. That's hey, you know we've made it when somebody does that. You are drinking the out of the bottled water. uh, Well, after my workout, I have a bottle
0: to go. Yeah, that's good. What do you got in there? What's What's your? This is a hydration tab.
1: I have not ever participated in a post workout you yeah, know it doesn't regimen. have like
0: protein or anything but it just yeah. replenishes cuz if you just drink water then sometimes yep. you get a headache because yep. you got don't have enough salt I need to,
1: I need to do that. I have been instructed by Jacob Thompson who's going to be an incredible guest on the podcast soon. World world class. I think he now uh is the number 1 half marathoner in the world. Just what? just got that designation um, not in the world, United representing United States at the world finals. Does, did he like
0: win a Major like yeah, U.S. Major championship person. Mm-hmm, just <clears throat>
1: recently, I saw it like just the other day. But he's scheduled for an interview in two weeks. He's a previous student of mine. Hence the the connection there. Uh, trained also. Full disclosure: he's become a client because he's got a booming business. We're going to talk about that on the podcast. So I'm excited to have him. But so he, he wrote a paper on fueling after a workout, and ooh, I need to. I want to read that. I have it on my desk. I think actually, That'd be awesome. So his me.
0: marathon pace is like my 400 pace.
1: His mar- He is fast, Jeez. and he and he. You know, he ran the five and 10k in college and tried to make the Olympics, and then he post post that you know phase of his life. And I can't wait to talk to him about this. He stretched it out. And I think he was like third in the Chicago full a few years ago. And then he was invited to, you know, and he won, the half, he won the United States half marathon. I think it was last year. And now he travels the world. I mean, he, oh, it's exciting. I cannot wait. And I can vividly remember, and I can't wait to bring this up, sitting in our favorite Korean restaurant here in town and giving him some career advice. I'm basically going to take full credit for his career at this fair. I mean, you know, it's him, Will Levis. Like, I'm just taking the credit because he sat in that – and he was like – he was thinking about going to Wall Street and investment banking. And I was like, bud – Like You're passionate about what you do. Follow that. Do that. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. Off topic. Holy cow. Let's uh, circle back around. This podcast and all podcasts sponsored by Jewel Financial. Visit us on the web, jewelfinancial.com. Check out the Wealth Development tab. Send questions to podcast at DIYMoney.org. That's podcast at DIYMoney.org. We'll send you $25 Amazon gift card. Newsflash, it's not going to come in 24 hours. I mean, holy cow. We get these emails like, hey, I heard my question. Where's my gift card? I'm like, wow. Give us a break here for a minute. We're, we
0: do batch them into like once or twice a month.
1: And we have a shoestring staff. Like, this is why we're not sold out to 15 million advertisers on this thing.
0: What are you people? On dope?
1: Anyways, give us, give us a minute. Oh, we'll get to It'll it. It'll come. It'll come. By the way, have you used an Oculus lately? Have I used an Oculus ever? You've no. Never? No. Oh, my goodness. I. No one's going to leave their house. I'm convinced of this. Have you watched or read Ready Player One? Nope. Book recommendation. Everybody to get a glimpse into the future should read or watch the movie Ready Player One. I prefer the book. It's really good. Read it years ago, I was convinced that's the direction we're going. We are going that direction. I was on this Oculus, and I mean, I got lost, as in not physically in my room, but I mean, an hour went by, and it was like two minutes. I was like, unbelievable. I was playing ping pong. For some reason, ping pong came very natural to me. What
0: are you going to do when you come into the office one day and have the Apple... On. Why would
1: you come into the office if you have that? Just I'd just, just see
0: you. I'll and, still sit in the office. I'd see you
1: in the meeting room. Yeah. that's like, It's cause you want to be out of your house. Let's yeah. face it. All right. Uh we got a great question today from Alicia. Alicia, what do you got? D I Y
0: Hey DIY money crew. My name's Alicia. My husband and I are longtime listeners, and your podcast has sparked several very productive conversations between us. We both take a very active role in our financial plan and really enjoy learning new ways to make our plan more efficient. Quint recently talked about the reasoning behind investing in lower dividend earning stocks and funds while you're in your working years in order to avoid the additional income tax generated by them. He also suggested transitioning into higher dividend earning funds near or at retirement for a somewhat more consistent income. My question is, how would you make that transition and over how many years? Thanks from a couple of avid DIYers and fellow marathoners.
1: Oh, I love this. Uh, Newsflash, a couple of things. In her email, they are running a marathon in each state. Which I love. We're doing a I, I, now we're saying a race in every state because we've done some marathons. We did a couple ultras. Have you done an ultra yet, Alicia? I'm convinced when you do an ultra and trail run, you just like, you know, it's a it's a life changing experience. They've checked off 15 states on their marathon journey. That's fantastic. It is fantastic. So I love it. Love to hear what your favorite state is. She also said in the email, guess where
0: I'm from. What would you say, Daniel? Oh, I should have. You didn't know this notes prior that Ali put together. Says, where would you say says, she's from? So Ali put right here, try to guess where it was, it was Yeah.
1: From. Well I made a note to make sure she put that in there so I didn't forget because I loved the email. What do you think?
0: I wasn't listening that closely. I was to listening very closely. So here's what Minnesota. I think.
1: Okay, so I'm on the fence there about that. Okay. I would like to bunt. What? I'm going no no I I won't. I would like to, but I'm not going to. If I bunted, I would say the Great Lakes region, which I know is a lot. That covers half of the United States. Okay.
0: Touches the Great Lakes.
1: Okay. I'm not going to bunt. I'm going in. Western Pennsylvania. Western Hmm. Pennsylvania. And the reason I think that is she knows I'm from the Buffalo, Rochester area, and we kind of had kindred spirits Because basically Rochester and Buffalo is Western Pennsylvania, that's my guess. Tell us where you're from,
0: Alicia. You had kindred spirits, people from that region. They're like the same. What distinguishes a Western Pennsylvania? I'm trying to think of that. Like in so when you get to Philly, when you get over
1: to the Philly, you can there's a distinct difference, and that's Eastern. You know that kind of Eastern Southern area. Western has that Western New York that I sound like, or when Uh I have a couple cocktails, I sound like. But that has a distinct. Turn, you know tone, and that's what I pick up from mm-hmm. her. And I also think that's why she asked.
0: but not yet the Ohio and Chicago. That's where and I'm all struggling.
1: You could be spot on with Minnesota. Now, no, no it's, it's that's too far. Not Minnesota. I literally
0: just Western Pennsylvania. Something.
1: That's where I'm thinking. All right, let's move on. I love this question. I've thought a lot about this question because I'm pursuing this precisely as you have asked it. Here's what I'm going to do, and one of the things that we advise some of our clients to do. This obviously first and foremost pertains to non-retirement account investments. Why do I say that? Because money that's in a retirement account, unless it's a Roth, is going to come out taxed as ordinary income regardless of whether it's just dividends that you're distributing or capital gains you're distributing or what have you. Money coming out of an IRA or an old 401k etc. is going to be taxed as ordinary income. So what you're talking about is you're talking about investments that are non-retirement. What I struggle with, there's like this movement, and it's the young fire movement. Like, oh, here's my portfolio, and it's generating this much a a month in in income. And I, I think to myself, and then they're reinvesting it. Like they get they get really excited about, oh, I bought all these new free shares. And what they don't understand, like intrinsically in a business, all that business is doing is distributing a part of their earnings per share, and they're turning around and buying shares. Other businesses don't return that to shareholders. They do that on their own. The most notable is Berkshire Hathaway. Never paid a dividend. Outperformed the S&P 500 by like a gazillion. I read a stat the other day that it'd have to drop 99% to be on par with the S&P 500. Since inception. Yes, since inception. Nonetheless, what I don't understand is why would you want to do that and pay tax on it when you can own investments that have reinvestment already in just through the natural method by which they use and distribute their income, their net income, and you don't pay the tax. So that was my point. Alicia obviously picked that up. I struck a nerve. I've struck a nerve on Twitter with a lot of people with that because I, I can't handle it when I see it. Like, oh, look at me, blah, blah, blah. It's like people who, again, the, the real estate thing. Like, you don't tell me about the toilets you're fixing. But anyways, I digress. Alicia, my plan is as follows.
0: Quiet, quiet. He's going to say something.
1: I have non-retirement investments in low dividend paying index funds, ETFs, sectors, and some individual stocks that I just love, and some like Berkshire Hathaway, that kind of thing. My goal is capital appreciation in my working years, keeping my taxes as low as possible, meaning I don't want additional dividend income tax if I can avoid it. To be hitting my, my tax return. When I stop getting W-2 income. When I stop working. I will start selling down. And using funds that I have accumulated. As my quote living expenses per se. While I have a low tax bracket so that my capital gains tax is as low as possible. And what I will try to do to the best of my ability is slowly convert those funds over time to dividend-paying investments. So, for example, I, I, it's going to be hard for me to, to, to draw rough numbers, but let's say you had a half a million dollars and in a, in a non-retirement account, and you needed the you know $50,000 a year to offset Social Security or whatever for your living expenses. Well, you could sell off $50,000 in long-term capital gains tax. And what would be – I'm going to put Allie on the spot who's not even on the podcast. If all they showed other than their Social Security income was $50,000 in capital gains tax, what would be the capital gains tax rate on that? Would it be zero? No, I'm not talking about the Social Security tax. I'm talking about the on the capital gains tax, the tax rate. Okay. She's saying it changed their AGI. But nonetheless, it's it'll be low. It'll be extremely low. Because I think it's like the first, you know, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of dollars is taxed at, at capital gains rates at, what, 10 or something like that? I'm looking at Daniel now.
0: The first hundreds of thousands? I don't know. Thousands? What is it? No, it's the first, like, uh, yeah,
1: 85,000. So we're, I'm I'm throwing things out that we weren't prepared for. The yeah, point it's I'm not making, on my sheet. Sorry, it's not on our cheat sheet, Alicia. What I'm saying to you is, I would be selling down the amount that I could sell down to to then pay my lowest potential capital gains tax rate on that. And let's say I needed fifty, and let's say I could sell down eighty five. Then I would sell down the eighty five, pay the ten percent, and use thirty five thousand of the of the eighty five to convert to dividend paying stocks. And I would do that every year. I would try to balance that out while keeping my tax bracket extremely low, such that I methodically moved from capital gains sort of investments to dividend-paying stocks to supplement future income over time. If that makes sense. So it's it's not as easy as saying, oh, you do it over two years and you just do this. But that's going to be my strategy. That's what I'm going to do. That's what we look at people who are doing that. Now, we have a lot of people who a dividend income strategy just isn't right for. like Because as you know, if you go into dividend stocks or dividend portfolio, there's a heck of a lot of fluctuation to it that you might not have the stomach for. And so a lot of our people, it's not a matter of going into a dividend portfolio. It's a matter of using non-retirement funds to keep a bracket significantly low to pursue Roth conversions. We'll leave it right there. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But the point is, is there can be a strategy implemented by you or your advisor, whomever you're talking with, or you know your tax professional, so that you can methodically do this over time and sort of quote, manipulate your tax bracket. That's a bad word. Monitor your tax bracket. Strategize your tax bracket so you're not paying abnormal taxes over time. So this is, it kind of goes back to when I hear people say, well, why would you do a custodial account from your kid so that when they sell that, they're going to pay the long-term capital gains tax. I go, my kid at 18 isn't going to make enough money so that when he sells that portfolio down, he's paying exorbitant taxable gains. It's just not. We're going to keep him in a very low bracket so that he pays maybe 10% on those funds and maybe even zero. There's a there's a threshold where it's zero. I don't know what it is. I'm going to look it up while you're talking. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Daniel. What say you?
0: There is a threshold there where it's zero. Um yeah, so why not just take the full-on Buffett approach and not invest in any dividends and just realize capital gains when you desire them? Because once you're in a dividend-paying stock, you're you're getting the dividends every quarter, regardless.
1: I'll tell you why, from my standpoint. Yeah, there will come a time in my life where I do not want to watch the market every day. Mm-hmm. I do not want to have the feeling. Psychology in this business is massive. Long time ago, I made a joke. Connor McGregor said, you know, it's 100% psychology versus 0% for UFC. I was like, really? Like, mm-hmm. you need some muscles. <laughs> you got to you gotta be able to box. Uh, in this business, it, it, it's 99 to 1, meaning mm-hmm. knowledge 1, 99% psychology. Most people screw up their entire future by psychology. Me, there's going to come a point where I will be in our dividend model. I will be... I will be out fishing. I will be playing golf. And I'm not going to look at the market to see how my portfolio did that day. I will not care. Mm -hmm. That day is coming. Not today. When that day comes, I will want dividend stocks so that I know I'm just getting the income stream.
0: Sure. And yet, in theory, somebody could do that with, say, a total stock market index fund, ETF, or mutual fund, something like that, where they just invest. And then they tell their investment advisor or even just their custodian to send them X amount per month or per quarter or per year. Uh, and then you're taking that as capital gains rather than dividends. etc. So there's multiple ways you can do it. All you're really trying to do is utilize the assets that you have to create income. There's two ways you can take that income as dividends or as capital gains. Capital gains require you to have a transaction where you sell it. Dividends come automatically into your account, but they all function the same way. In this case, in the US, they're taxed at the same rates uh, as long as the dividends are qualified, which is a just Google that on Investopedia because it's a complicated definition. But effectively, once you've owned that stock for a little bit, um, the dividend is taxed at the dividend slash capital gains tax rate.
1: 89250
0: mm-hmm. 0% tax. Yep. So as long as you keep your total income, not just your dividend income, total income under that, you pay zero. That's correct. There you go.
1: Eighty-nine two fifty-one to five fifty-three. Okay. This is what I was hundreds talking of thousands. about. That's what I was talking about. Fifteen mm-hmm. percent. There you go. So my point is, is that y- you have the flexibility to to move chunks of money mm-hmm. to realize capital gains, chunks of money over time, and and keep your tax rate really low, and yep. then get into qualified dividends, which are going to be at capital gains tax rates as well.
0: Right. And so getting back to Buffett, why wouldn't Buffett then do dividend distributions? Well, one, obviously, he owns a ton of the shares of Berkshire Hathaway, and he doesn't need to pay tax on the dividends because once dividends are being paid, they're basically forced taxation. So if you think about a company as an entity, because that's what it is, a company is making income, it's paying tax on that income. It does not deduct from that income the dividends that it pays out. It pays the same tax regardless of whether it pays a dividend or not. However, then once you receive the dividends, you also then pay tax on it. It's double taxation. So what's Buffett's strategy here? Well, uh, by not paying a a dividend out of Berkshire Hathaway, he doesn't have to pay second tax on it each year. Uh, And therefore, he can choose when he wants to realize those capital gains, uh, when that works best for him as far as tax standpoint. And things like that. It allows the company then to reinvest any of its profits and proceeds back into the business that's called capital expenditures to then create further future returns. That's something that something like Berkshire Hathaway, uh, Google, who doesn't pay a dividends, other growth stocks, think about like Facebook and things like that. Um, Tesla, things of that nature, who will use their uh, income to then reinvest back in the business. So why would anybody then buy a dividend stock? Uh, Commonly, dividend stocks... Tend to have or uh, are thought to have less volatility uh, because a lot of their valuation or price is sometimes based in investors' minds less on the future expectations of earnings and more on the current dividend yield. This is one of the reasons why when a dividend gets cut or eliminated, dividend stocks can falter because part of the the pricing and the valuation of that stock, at least psychologically speaking. Coincides with the dividend or the yield. So, let's take for example, say a Coca-Cola, who's paid dividend for a long time, is is considered kind of one of the historic dividend champions. Uh, investors expect like a certain amount of yield to come out of Coca-Cola on a, a per year basis, right? So, as the price of Coca-Cola goes up, they kind of expect more dividends to be paid out from the company to increase the yield to whatever the prevailing yield expectation is. Uh, if Coca-Cola were to cut that dividend, those investors expecting that yield would sell it. Uh, Or if the stock goes down significantly and the yield then goes up, investors might buy more of it, which effectively kind of gradually pushes it back to its historic yield. That's not, that's kind of a vacuum. It's not exactly how it works. But the way the psychology can play out when it comes to dividend stocks.
1: I want to caution people, I, I see this a lot. This is the kind of where we'll conclude is, and I know that Alicia didn't ask this, but I'm gonna go down this road anyways. You have to realize and ask yourself when you stumble upon a company that's paying a seven, eight, nine percent dividend yield, why in the world are they gonna give you seven and eight nine percent when the United States government is going to give you, you know, five or six? meaning the inherent risk of that is considerably greater than what you can buy in a United States Treasury. There's a reason that that stock is paying such a high dividend, and I will tell you, more often than not, it's not because it just has so much money it doesn't know what to do with it. What it means is is that it set a dividend at one point in time and that stock price has declined considerably and the company is sticking with that dividend best case uh, or best example AT&T and Verizon two notoriously high paying dividend companies one of which we own in a dividend model has a great history of paying a dividend their balance sheets much better the other one we do not own thankfully but the stocks have been awful terrible and the reason is, is that company, that investors are very concerned about their balance sheet, whether they can continue to pay that dividend, their growth prospects, what they're doing with capital, etc. So please, please understand, do not be lured in because something is paying some ridiculously high dividend and you just think, oh, this is great, what a steal, I can't believe I've, undiscovered, or, I've discovered this hidden gem, you could very easily
0: get crushed in the process.
1: Oh, my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Yeah,
0: your uh, total returns when it comes to investment, we've talked about this on prior shows, whether it's uh, real estate, stocks, etc., is the dividend or cash flow yield that's coming out of it the growth in earnings over time and the valuation or the amount that people will pay for those earnings. Those are the three kind of pillars that make up your return. So in a dividend stock yield is part of it, but the growth in their earnings allow them to continue to pay yield. And then the valuation people will pay in a growth stock that doesn't have yield. uh, Then it's either it's just their earnings uh, and the change in valuation over time. Same thing with real estate, the rents that you get The amount that you can increase those rents over time and the amount that somebody will pay you for that cash flow if you choose to sell the property really comes down to those three simple uh, basics. Great.
1: Hopefully that uh, helped you, Alicia. Thanks so much. Let me know if I got uh, or we got your geography correct and keep going on those marathons. I love it. I signed up for Philly, by the way. November. Nice. Philly, yeah. You can you eat that's a
0: cheesesteak before or after? After. You should totally pound a cheesesteak at the fi- start line. That's Not ridiculous. the finish line. Start yeah. line. That'd be Absolutely awesome. Absolutely
1: not. Absolutely not. Philly, November. Can't wait. All right, friends. The secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one.